Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. And this week, we are diving into a Black-owned business. Um, We are joined by Fruition, um, which is an urban streetwear um, company that looks at pushing the message of anything is possible, chasing your dreams. And really, they embody everything that has to do with their slogan. Um, You guys will hear in this podcast interview how they started from literally selling candy to now having a store in Manhattan, which is crazy, Um, literally goals. So I really want you guys to um, learn just as much as I did do this and hopefully get a little bit more insight of the mental perspective that comes into being an entrepreneur and really starting from the ground up and coming together as a community, especially supporting one another and supporting Black-owned businesses. So yeah, let's get started and let's introduce the members of Fruition. You're going to hear different voices, so I want you guys to know who everyone is. So you guys want to do a roll call or say something about yourselves, um, go ahead. The stage is yours. Y'all want first? I'll go first. Well, my name is Akeem, for those of y'all that are listening. Uh, hello. My name is Norval. I'm Ray. I'm Del. I'm Naya. But everyone? No, right? No, Isarine, you gotta go. I'm Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so perfect, you guys. From jump, so fruition. What is that? Like, I want to know where that came from. Like, what it means. All of that good stuff. I don't know who wants to talk about that, but I'll go for that. All right, cool. Uh, fruition means it's like when a plan or project comes to realization. Mm-hmm. So it's something that actually happens in, in real life. Yeah, literally, like the like the textbook definition, basically. Yeah. And why, like, where did that come from for you guys? Like, I just want to know a little bit about the brand. Like, I know I said it's like an urban streetwear brand, but um, how did that connect in terms of, like, chasing dreams, um, like, the two of two? I mean, you know, this started with, you know, just us wanting to do something different. Like, you know, we were just two young kids, broke as hell. <laughs> so, you know, we just had, we just wanted our ideas that we had in mind just to come to life and to, you know, just to work for us. So um, thus came the definition of fruition. So, mm. you know, I love you know, that. Keeping what we have inside and just putting it out into the world. Mm, I love it. I feel like that's kind of how like the best, um, best concepts and then the best stories happen is just based off of like your own struggles and then you kind of turn it into something positive. And people connect to that the most. Yeah. Um, so before we get started in terms of like our topic and everything, um, people are probably like, how does this connect to wellness and mental health? Um, I really think, to be honest, anything can, um, especially when it comes to like um, building and creating yourself is one thing. But then to come together as a team and to become entrepreneurs is like a whole other level of like mental and wellness challenges that y'all face um so I definitely want to hear about your journey I want to hear about just being in that space being entrepreneurs um being a team um and being a black business of course especially in the climate that we're in um and just the overall story um you know I I said that I'm from Toronto Canada like 
a lot of people sometimes kind of compare the two. Um, but I will always acknowledge growing up in the States is a whole different experience than growing up in Canada. You know, like we are very sheltered. Like I acknowledge that like Toronto, sometimes it, it has more of its American like influences, but it's not the state. So I definitely want to hear about that as well. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about the trials and tribulation, tribulations of entrepreneurship. Um, and we're definitely in a generation where that's kind of prominent. So you guys kind of spoke about what the background story of fruition was. Um, so you said it started with two of you. Was that correct? Yeah, yeah. So to go a little bit further, um, we started fruition about six years ago in high school. Oh, shoot. Me and Shondell right here. Um, I came to him with the idea and how I wanted to go about it. And we were completely on board. We were only kids, so we wasn't making much money. And we decided to sell some candy in our high school to get the first shirt. It was like an iron-on shirt, and it had four words on it. Uh, hustle, loyalty, vision, and respect. And from there, we met a lady in the Bronx who taught us about other methods of printing and how to go about owning a clothing business. And she was helpful in the beginning because we didn't know nothing about running a, a clothing brand. And from there, we got like 30 shirts and three, and had like three or four different colors. And then a couple of weeks later, we had our whole high school wearing fruition. And that's when we knew we had something. Um, definitely just to pick it back off of that, like we definitely knew when we had something. Well, I knew we had something um, when we sold out our first 10 shirts. Like we came together, he's like, yo, bro, like did we really just sell out these first 10 shirts? <laughs> <laughs> like we really was just like really happy about it. like. You know, it was just very ecstatic, like something that mm-hmm. we about and created. Now um, it was working. Like, you know, we had a way to put money in our pockets. Like, you know, we found the we found what we was, you know, what we was good at. Mm. You know. And with that, we just decided to do it all over again, like 10 shirts to 30 shirts. So, you know, friends, mm-hmm. family, even staff was wearing wearing the shirt. Shout out KB, you know, he held us down. <laughs> That's our guys counseling. And um, you know, everybody just supported the hustle and you know, they just seen the authentic authenticity of our work. So you know, mm-hmm. I love that. Yo, that's that's crazy from going from selling ten shirts to selling like I don't even know. You guys are across the country now. Well, I know like you're New York based, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, no, that's dope. I actually bought uh, a hoodie off your site yes sir and we greatly appreciate that oh my gosh i was like yo what do i want there's so much <laughs> you guys are really like I, I, like the product there's one thing with like especially with clothing like you know everyone makes clothes right now like that's like the thing but it's what is the message behind it what do i want to represent me like when i see clothes you know like i love fashion so just the messaging behind it and the creativity behind it, like, I'm not even just saying this because you guys are on my podcast, but I was like, yo, this is sick. This is sick. Like, y'all have a mental health uh, hoodie, tracksuit. Um, there's different things about entrepreneurship. Like, I'll obviously add the link and stuff, but um, I'm not just hyping it up. That's why I wanted to work with you guys, because I could see there was more to it than just clothes, you know? Um, so the slogan that you guys go um with and i'm just reading off of what my little research was was um dreaming is planning 
Yes. Um, and I wanted to know what this encompasses and how um, you guys apply it or how others can apply it um, in their day to day. Well, with um, dreaming is planning. If you plan your dream, you can work to achieving goals. You know, you have to take the initiative to make it happen. Your dream won't act on its own. So like knowledge is infinite. Try to learn the ins and outs um, so that you can plan. Because if you don't plan, you might lose the excitement of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And it's much better to over plan than under plan. And if you think about it, we plan every day, even where we are right now. We plan to everything. <laughs> so planning is like really important. And we wanted that um, to be the foundation of our brand so that people know it doesn't happen overnight. Your plan could be five years, six years, 10 years down the line. But as long as you have it figured out. Then mm -hmm. all uh, no, that's so true. For me, honestly, like I would say. You know, when I hear dreaming is planning, uh, that really brings me to the mindset of manifestation because I feel as though our dreaming is planning movement should be grasped by the people who really want to cross the finish line of what they claim to be their own personal definition of success. Mm -hmm. I do agree with what Isarine previously stated. You know, over planning is way better than under planning. I feel like if you have no plan and you have no goals, like I feel as though you should really Take your time. Don't necessarily rush. Don't necessarily like feel rushed by what you choose to consume over like, you know, the internet or just what you see in daily lives or billboard or whatever the case may be. Um, I feel as though, you know, across the finish line of what people feel like their definition of success is, there are a lot of trials and tribulations. There are a lot of things that people uh, get really minimalistic about and they don't necessarily see you know the in between the lines of it all they think like this person got here with this method so I'm just gonna you know do the same in my own way and hopefully it works out hope is a strong trait to have but it's not it's not a plan mm -hmm. and you know what I mean don't be afraid to come out of your comfort zone necessarily don't feel like you know you have to stick to just one type of um form of creative that you choose to express out to the world. Um, I really feel like there's no light in success and then you can't apply pressure, then you're not really gonna go anywhere. Really, success has many disguises, you know, let alone growth. Daily actions will help you. It's not it's not a myth, like it's not, you know, a conspiracy. It's, it's, it's real. What you allow in your mind is it will be real. I feel like mm -hmm. the aura carries more weight than you realize. Your energy carries more weight than you realize. Energy that you choose to vibrate out into the world carries more weight than you actually realize. Um, apply the support you want to gain from people within yourself. And honestly, if you can't take that first step to do that, then nobody will. You know, people be. Um, when you choose to work, people really see like the growth and, and the consistency in you by how you choose to display what you want to show out to the world and how consistent you are. And that's why like earlier when you stated that we have so much, I agree with that because I think one thing about all of us is that I could really say that we all have the consistency to keep just putting things out there for people and keep showing people like, okay, like we got this, we got this, but we don't rush, you know, we take our time. We all consult each other. We let each other know, like, hey, listen, you guys, you guys like this, you guys like that. Don't be afraid to build a team. Don't be afraid to, you know, make sure the people that is with you is really like with you on your mm -hmm. goal and mm -hmm. you want to accomplish and all that. 
Because at the end of the day, it's like you don't want to invest in something that's a waste of time. See what I mean? Yeah. No, that's big. Um, you said so many little gems. Um, my, there's two things I actually really want to address that what you said. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the mind manifesting um, your dreams, I think that is so on point. And that's why this is so relevant to like the whole mind wellness space is like you literally become what you think. You know what I right. mean? Like you are only right. as successful and you can only think as your dreams are only as big as your, you know, your success are only as big as your dreams. So it's like, you are your biggest obstacle end of the day. So that already takes a lot of mental, like, um, I guess, strength and uh, maturity, all these things, um, health. So um, planning does play a part of that. I'm such a big believer in like um, vision boards or, you know, um, you know, writing down your goals and stuff like that. Not necessarily because of what they should because you want to check them off but because you're now claiming them you know you're now announcing it to the universe so it's holding you accountable um and there's uh something else that you had said um actually before i get to that something about the dreaming of planning is so relevant i had this conversation last night with my friend um she was saying how like when we're younger we're thinking so much about you know this is what success is like i'm gonna have this checklist like i'm gonna get this beautiful condo i'm gonna find my relationship i'm gonna get this job i'm gonna get my dog like i'm gonna be set i'm gonna buy these expensive things and i'm gonna be happy you know what i mean but she was at a she's in a place where she's done these things you know we're the same age i'm nowhere near that but it's like she's like i'm not happy baz like i'm not happy and it's like this idea of um this checklist sometimes can be detrimental to your mind so you have to also consider what is making me happy it's not necessarily the checklist it's like you have to add, when you're manifesting, you kind of have to focus on how is it going to make me feel versus what does it look like? So I think that's um, an important thing. That's probably the best advice I've ever gotten is like when you're manifesting your dream home or you're manifesting your business, like what do you want that business to feel like? What do you want that business to to do? Like what is its purpose beyond its like um, superficial uh, appeal? So I think um, dreaming as planning definitely encompasses that. Um, and the one thing I do want to ask or anyone can add to this is when, especially this year, super relevant, when you make plans, God laughs. So what do y'all do when things don't go to plan, um, in terms of, you know, like this year is such a good example of that. So I don't know if anyone wants to talk on that. We make it work. We make it work. (laughs) Like just like last photo shoot we had, it it rained. It rained like the beginning of our photo shoot and we still (laughs) made it work. Like you always got to make it work. You know, everything is shut down, but we still figured out how to get there. You know, like it's making things work. That's really kind of how I would say we kind of go about it the same way like I, like, I feel like you should not necessarily take everything as a L, like you know what I mean more like a learning lesson like if something like that for example goes wrong in a normal case any one of us would really just be like okay like let's come up with another solution because I feel like we are all about like we know what the problem is so let's just focus on the solution now we don't really like we're at to the point where since we're trying to be like you know, new school and lead by examples, like we can't allow ourselves to really go back to certain uh, certain types of like things that brought us back down before. 
See what I mean? Like, yeah, we, like staying in a negative space. Like we keep staying in a negative space. You know, if it's a thing that, if things don't go as planned, you just change route. It's not, you know, it's not such a big deal. It's not the end of the world because you can still mental. get it done. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all about your mental at the end of the day. Like how you choose to see things early. Because Ooh. if you see something as, you know, what it clearly looks like and not read in between the lines, then that's what you're going to get. You know, like I said, that energy is, is something that you bring out and is more powerful than you realize, whether it's mm-hmm. physical, spiritual. It, it, it doesn't matter because you are your own worst enemy. It's mm-hmm. like you realize you have a lot of control in this world, mm-hmm. a lot of control that people don't want you to realize that you have in this world. So it's really mm-hmm. realize like, okay, like I can do this. I can stick with this. You know, I can use it. Yeah, but... Inspiration. But I just want to add to that because, you know, you don't really have control over anything else that goes on. You only have control of how you react and how you respond to things. So it's like, that's like the key part of it. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Also, like for me, even when things like don't go to plan, at the end of the day for me, I go with what um, sets my soul on fire. So even though Mm -hmm. it didn't go according to plan, for me to keep myself sane and, you know, like in present time, I just choose to do what set my soul on fire. So despite mm-hmm. what was going on in the world, you know, we chose to continue on with the brand because it sets our soul on fire. Like mm-hmm. our creativity needs to be fed through fruition. So we try to push it out no matter what's going on with the world. So anything that sparks joy, even though it's not a part of the plan, as long as you, you know, keep yourself happy and, you know, on track, even if the plan goes completely wrong, you'll still be fine. Mm-hmm. No, that's you know, mm-hmm. spot on. Um, it, it's so relevant too, and I think a lot of people need to hear that. Is um, I think Naya said it. It was like what you the only thing you can control right now is yourself and how you react to situation. Resiliency is a muscle. You know what I mean? Like it's not not everyone has that. You have to learn resilience and perseverance. Perseverance, yeah. You know, and it's just about. Uh, exercising that and, you know, facing it in times like this um, and not being afraid of it, if anything, um, welcoming. I think it's a big part of success. Like uh, how you deal with obstacles it will define how successful you will become. And um, also not being afraid of the journey, not looking exactly how you thought it would be, you know, and sometimes you, the end goal what you think the end goal is, is really not. It's far bigger than what you even imagine. So um, something just trusting in the process, I think is important, but it, it, it does take a toll, I think, mentally. Like I've definitely gone through it this year too. So um, it's good that you guys have that outlook. Um, so yeah, keep making sure that as long as that joy is still there, I think um, is the main thing end of the day, like, the second something doesn't make you happy, I think that's when you kind of have to look at it. Um, and reevaluate. That, yeah, reevaluate, but definitely like so spot on. Um, so speaking of obstacles, like what has been the biggest obstacle or lessons you guys have endured um, as entrepreneurs? Uh, the biggest obstacle I face today is marketing my work. I'll say I feel like photography is becoming more of a popular thing every day. So you know everybody wants to dibble and dabble with it. Now I'm realizing that a lot of people edit or do all their own videos or photos mostly. So you know it's hard for photographers to really get out there very much. 
Uh, it's also hard to reach out to companies or brands to work with them, especially when you uh, like I didn't major in photography. Like when I went to school, I majored in business, so it's kind of different. So when I have it on my resume to show any proof that I did in photography, it's like I show them nothing. Like what proof do I have? And I didn't work with any brands or companies, so I have nothing to show really. Uh, so when certain opportunities get thrown my way, I never know who I can meet. I'm not going to say no just because I'm not getting paid or anything. I think I focus on the art and on what I can learn from the situation. And cause that makes me better. When I realize certain things, certain opportunities of who I met after, I became better. I meet different artists, networking. So, so those things really matter to me. Mm. Well, that's- the biggest is, uh, you know, finding time for myself, uh, running the clothing brand. I'm always... So just um, sometimes I have to take a day to just relax and rest my mind and time with my family. Yeah, no, for sure. I think balance in general. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think one of the biggest obstacles is, you know, just making sure that everyone has the same goal. Because you can, you know, be around people, but they don't want the same things for you. And everybody wants to be the man. So... Mm-hmm. Once everybody just finds their role and just sticks to their role and no one puts themselves above the team, mm-hmm. then, you know, you'll have a, a lot. It's, it's much more easy. You mm-hmm. trust those around you. Stronger mm-hmm. together. You'll be able to feel more comfortable with all your teammates. So, just, you know, mm-hmm. having the right team around you, you know, just got to weed out the bad things. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Me, the biggest obstacle would really have to be learning where to put like my money into the right place, and finding the courage and not second guessing myself on like investing in myself or making certain decisions that I know will better brand or you know better the business and all that type of stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like a lot of people when it comes to entrepreneurship, the financial aspect of it, they don't necessarily like take too much risk or they don't necessarily like put it all in the right place you know what i mean and with that i feel like that's a main part that like people just expect to come like so quickly like okay like i have my product i have my plan now money's to come in but it's not a reality honestly it's really not it all just falls in the and, and like you got it earlier the perseverance mm-hmm. and just staying, staying confident and just realizing like why you started, mm-hmm. why you went on really. Mm-hmm. Why? You said what? So the why is important. Mm-hmm. Why is it which part? The why. Yeah, the why is definitely important all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like people do get caught up when they get a little like noticed. You know what I mean? They get caught up in like what's going on, and then and you mm-hmm. can tell because the crap changes, mm-hmm. the delivery changes, a lot of things changes. It's it's, it's crazy. We have a slogan called "Create with a Purpose," and it embodies that. Mm-hmm. So on a few of our pieces, you would see that on there. Mm-hmm. Creating, especially these days, a lot of things get popularized easily. So when you create, like they said, do it with intention. Mm-hmm. Now that I definitely feel that with uh with your brand. Um the why definitely speaks through. Um 
We all said so much, so many gems. Um, definitely in terms of money, relationship with money, I think definitely gets amplified. Like your own personal relationship with money gets amplified when society tells us um, when you're an entrepreneur, whether it be like um, the risk of, you know, sometimes to make money, you got to spend money. You know what I mean? And uh, and when you make money an issue, like these are all things I try to remind myself, like when you make money an issue, it'll always be an issue, you know? So if you make that your priority, sometimes the brand will kind of get watered down because now you're you're not no longer focused on the brand. You're focused on chasing um, the money aspect. The money aspect of it. Um, yeah. Same thing with like the social media thing. Like sometimes I see brands like they lose themselves because it's like they're chasing that 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 hype, but it's they're not sticking to their core beliefs. Um, and it happens, you know, like there's so many things that drive people. So I think that's why having that, um, that strong team factor and trusting each other, like that's huge. Um, um, I def, I personally even struggle, like I self-taught myself everything because I have such a clear vision on what I want my brand to look like that it, it's so scary to trust someone to see that and to have that responsibility and to deliver it. So I'm like, all right, so I'll edit everything. I'll take all my pictures, I'll, but you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like at some point you have to learn to trust each other to have the same vision and to come together. Mm-hmm. So no, that's so fun. Uh, in terms of like the mental health aspect, um, what have you guys done individually or you guys can speak as a group um, to just maintain like a healthy mental while chasing this, like this dream, this, um, bringing it to fruition, I guess. Like, what have you guys done to make sure to stay on on that? Yeah, so personally, what I've been doing is, like, creating routines. So, like, I have, you know, a daily routine, like a, a morning routine, night routine, skincare routine, workout routine. Like, especially with quarantine, I've definitely been able to do a lot more for myself that I wasn't able to do before. I even ended up getting a nine to five. Like that's been one of my goals for like a minute, like just having that stable income, you know, especially having a degree. It's like, you know, when you first get out of college, you don't just get a nine to five. It's very difficult right now in America, at least for you to, you know, get that stable income. So I feel like having those routines though, they definitely help my mental health because if not, then I won't have the time for myself. Like, you know, it has to be like a balance. Like, I can have like photo shoots, meetings, you know, um, my nine to five, all of those things. But as long as I have my routines, my making my breakfast and making like working out, doing those little things for myself, I think that's what keeps me sane because Mm -hmm. you can be overwhelmed. So it's like that helps you. You can definitely be overwhelmed. But I'm not going to lie. Maintaining my mental health has been challenging because I'm a really sensitive person, but um. I'm using that sensitivity as a superpower to fuel my creativity. So um, I started doing yoga for real this time around. (laughs) And um, being present in that moment, you know, while I was doing yoga has helped. And I also started a new painting series and um, painting and my poetry has been really helpful. Some days, you know, I paint away paint. Other days I hold joy in my paintbrush. So, you know, the journey isn't linear. You have to balance it all. And, you know, the best way is the way that you know how. Like, every way sparks the most joy for you to keep your mental state. It can be anything. You know, everybody's thing is different. But um, 
you can't also be afraid to try new ways. Like I tried yoga like four different times. <laughs> but the fourth time I really like, you know, stuck to it. Cause when you, when you have a lot of anxiety or just when your mind is in a constant um, state of on go, being still in that moment is so hard. Like keep on it. Keep on it. I was thinking about so many different things mm-hmm. staying on that map. But once you like really, you know, get in tune with it and just own in on that stillness, your dreams come out even better because like just breathing, even the technique of breathing has the power to change your day. And you know, um, for me, it's like you have to train your brain to maintain your mental health. Unless you got a therapist, okay? And you therapists can... don't even necessarily really help. <laughs> they help, but they like, Depends. they. it's, you know, it's, exactly. you are the, you need just the tools. They can ask you all of the questions, but you have to answer those questions. You understand? Um, so it's yeah, like, I feel like they just, they just explain on you what they learn. Mm-hmm. Help, they not help you because it's like at the end of the day, these people went to school for this, so they're not relating to you. They're exactly. relating to what they were taught. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like you're not gonna leave that those sessions feeling like somebody actually understands you. At least I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just no, I mean, like, well, your job is that's, that's good though. That's why you have to like train yourself to exactly be your own therapist. Find your own. Um, you know, outlet. And for us, it's creativity, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's therapy in itself, creating all these designs or paintings or whatever it is that we all do, photography, you know, that's a therapy in itself for us all. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Especially, like, when I'm doing my my drawings, because I, I just started using, like, Procreate a lot. I've been teaching myself how to, you know, do that, because I do graphic design. But, like, I, you know, Pro- procreate is just like the pen itself is like yeah girl I yeah know. you understand right so it's, you know you're tired <laughs> yeah it's really difficult but like in that moment you're learning you're figuring it out for yourself you're you know mm. in your zone so I think like you need that in mm-hmm. order for you to you know separate yourself from the on go all the time like mm-hmm. that's really what yeah. helps you no for sure um yeah, like, I think I'm a big believer in, um, so therapy to me, I, I have such, so I, obviously I'm in the field, so I obviously believed in therapy to an extent, but with my personal experience, it's so crazy that y'all said that, um, for a really long time, like I've seen at least five therapists and I'm going to say one of them I liked. And this And I struggled with that because I'm like, yo, I'm investing my money. I'm getting education. I want to be, you know, I want to do therapy, but it's like, I'm not connecting to these people. And it's kind of what um, Akeem said, like, I would walk in there and I literally felt like these people, there was a disconnect. You know, this person does not care about me. They're here, you know, to get their paycheck or whatever. Um, And it really took me finding like that right person that I connected with and trusted that they were like, they sincerely cared about me um, to believe in therapy again. So I do agree with that. I think a lot of people have that view when it comes to therapy. And I also think, and I had a guest last week, she's a therapist um, and she's a black therapist. And the way she approaches therapy is very unorthodox. And she said was because um, the landscape of therapy is still very outdated. It was created by a white man for white people. You know what I mean? So it's not 
it's there's that disconnect of like how it's going to um, help people who have different experiences. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm talking to my therapist about my friend, like being addicted to drugs because, you know, he saw people die. They're looking at me crazy. You know what I mean? They're looking at me like, what is this little girl talking about? So it's, yes, you know, they're judging me and I know I'm being judged because I can see it and I feel it. We're humans, you know, we feel that energy. So um, the thing is like that, I agree when it comes to therapy, but I think when you find the right form of therapy, whether that be art, whether that be writing, whether that be coming together as a friend, you know, I really believe friendship being the best form of therapy because it's people that genuinely love you and care about you. So you're going to listen to that. Um, so whether that, whatever that looks like, um, I believe in whatever form of healing that you need to do. Um, I think healing looks different for everyone. Um, and therapy plays a part, but it's not the end all be all. Um, so I definitely agree with that. I think routine is huge. That saved me during quarantine as well. I think a lot of people, um, spiraled or were unhappy because they lost, you know, their sense of like day to day. It just became like this blur of just extensions of time you know so I I think everything y'all were saying was just so spot on um so uh, yeah mental health I think definitely plays a big part in anyone's life but especially if you're you know now translating it to your success to your business to you know your team and all that so um so that kind of just brings to the our next point of just like you guys are creating this brand, this, this business. Um, and it is very self-made. Y'all started in high school. That's crazy. You know, and a lot of people are like waking up today and they're like, Oh, I have so-and-so followers. I'm going to start this brand, you know, or, you know, it's just so easy to just do it because of the resources that are so accessible to us right now, especially in this generation of like social media and all that. Um, so everyone thinks that they can be their own boss. You know, no one wants to work at nine to five. No one wants to go about that traditional route. So, um, why do you think this could be misleading or unrealistic to like millennial culture, like generations a little bit younger than us? I personally feel like for starters, um, one thing I will say is that as far as becoming or being your own boss, I don't necessarily see anything that would be like misleading or unrealistic. Um, it is uh, like a form of financial freedom, to be honest. I feel like the only thing that would be misleading is if you just apply yourself the wrong way. Like how you stated, you know, we have all these things that are granted to us and it is a blessing and a curse at the same time because we never had this before. Mm. So we all come from a generation where like all this now, we didn't have this. You know what I'm saying? We had like our generation has started a lot of opportunities that I feel like now are being taken advantage of. And now everybody's like seeing it as what it comes to light for. Um, also, we're all about prosperation, leading by example. The only way that, you know, people could fail is if they do it to themselves, really. Um, I really see our culture right now as just the year of entrepreneurship. I feel like right now, like I said, it is a blessing and a curse. Everybody's trying to make their own and get their own. But in the process, it's like everyone is being separated. You know, everyone's afraid to be like, okay, like, let me, let me invest in you because they got something else going on. Everybody feels as though, you know, if I support you, my 
uh, creativity and my, and my brand is going to get messed up. Everyone's afraid to reach out and not necessarily come together, but it's like they, they have too much high expectation because of, for example, mm-hmm. if I have like 12,000 followers on Instagram and I'm expecting people to just mess with me because of that base, that yeah. follower, what I put out, but knowing naturally, I don't, I don't deserve any of that just because of one. I really do feel like inspiration is everywhere nowadays, especially for youth. And I feel like the youth is important, like mm-hmm. super, super, super important. Um, they collect this inspiration that we drive, like it's currency. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? like the youth obviously is the future and what we manifest as our generation today is what leads them forward. And I just feel like we can't lose right now, really, the way that things are going. I know it's been a crazy year. Things have been hectic, but I do believe that the people who are starting their own and trying to become their own are really proving out to be, you know, just that. And it's really not stopping them, especially not with, you know, like I said, everything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something you got to admire, really. Like, honestly, because I feel like a lot of young people do get looked at as like, okay, like, well, you're young, so you have a lot to learn and you're not really going to go anywhere too fast. But there's there's young people that's moving like this. To be honest with you, yeah, I, I think it's actually a beautiful thing, though, because, you know, in America, we're our whole country is built off capital, capitalism. So it's like, True. you know, we're always taught, you know, to work for someone else. We're always taught like, oh, you have to, you have to get this nine to five. You have to work for those people because you need the money. You know, a lot of people need money. And I feel like, you know, in schools here, they, it's not really taught about financial freedom and working for yourself and how it is a possibility. So I feel like fruition does show the youth that it is a possibility to be self-made. So like it helps you, it helps the kids ultimately see that, mm-hmm. you know, to have that to look up to as motivation. So, you know, I don't really think it's unrealistic. I think like how some people feel like they could just wake up and do things like just because they have followers, I think that's more like a a unrealistic or misleading kind of thing Mm -hmm. because it's not really genuine. It's more self-serving. It's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, yeah. Like some of us have to do this because you know that we don't have that. We don't have, you know, daddy's money. We don't have, you know, we need to survive. So how can we put our, you know, what we love and, and make money from that, you know? Like Isarine always says, you know, it's like you have to have a a hobby that makes you money. So it's like mm-hmm. if you can do that, then it's great. Yeah, I definitely think <laughs> I think it's misleading because not everyone is fit. You know, there's a lot of work that comes. With and um, we've been tricked into thinking that each of our ho- hobbies have to be monetized and turned into a side hustle, you know, instead of just enjoying it. And that's because the world is expensive, you know, and we're underpaid. That's the reality. So, um, underpaid and undervalued. Exactly. Anything that isn't seen as productive, um, you know, is seen as useless. So people, when they have, you know, hobbies, they try to make money off of it. And it might not be, you know, because they love it. Like Naya said, it's because they have to, they have, Mm. you know, if you want to be self-made or your own boss, us, I think, you know, you just, you just need to balance it all. Like, um, find three hobbies, you know, one that makes you money, 
one to keep fit and one to keep you creative. Because if your end goal is just money, 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 the original, you know, creativity that you have, like you said, it'll get watered down, you know, because mm. you're, you're striving, you know, maintain because you're underpaid. But, if, you know, if you balance it all and just have like different outlets, like all, all of us, we're a part of a team. We all have different outlets and different hobbies to help us balance it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to add to that to say like it's for millennials, there's a lot of um, jobs that didn't even exist five years ago that are new now. You know, yeah. like well, it's not unrealistic because there's jobs that we don't even know could exist that could be getting made right now. Yeah. So I think it's misleading because like I say, your why is most important. So if your why is oh I'm gonna make a clothing line or I'm gonna make a business because I have a lot of followers. You know, your why isn't on point. It isn't it isn't what you, you know, like you don't have nothing to grasp onto. It's just, you know, you lose, you know, you lose your, your notoriety that means mm-hmm. you So nah. you, you want to tie it to something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. That's oh for sure. Nah, that's so like on point. I think that's actually the driving um message. I think that the why making sure the why is authentic, making sure the why connects to a bigger purpose than yourself. Um, and I think, you know, that is what will keep that the people doing it for the right reasons afloat versus people just doing it because, you know, they can capitalize on what their followers are. I, I saw this post and it was like, you think this amount of followers equals um, monetization or currency. It really doesn't mean anything end of the day till you make something of it you know what I mean um and some people are put in a position where they can capitalize on it but you can't teach talent you can't teach resiliency you can't teach creativity like these are things that you know um literally you self-make it's like a muscle it's something you're born with so um not everyone has that capability so I I'm not too worried of like um that being an issue and I do agree that it is creating um like literally your trailblazers you're creating spaces for younger um the younger generation to be able to come and be like yo you know fruition did this like this didn't exist before you know what I mean like uh so stuff like that is so like in while you're doing it you're not realizing but it's creating such a domino effect like I know for a fact like uh, I don't know, like within my lifetime, the whole concept of like wellness, uh, digital content creator, like didn't exist, you know? And it's um, my, like my influence, like my role model is Hey Fran Hey, she's from New York as well. And it's like, she kind of like part of that trailblazing of like digital content wellness creator. And it's like, now someone like me is able to kind of follow in that in those footsteps and occupy that space as well because she did that work. She didn't, she was leading herself blindly, just like you guys are just doing it because it is authentically coming from you and you're just creating a space um, from your own, um, your own drive, your own, um, just from what you want, you know, and, and then it just creates these connections and people can see that. So I think that has value beyond um, itself. Um, so yeah, being self-made, um, I think definitely is not trendy, but it is easier to think that it's a lot easier to think that it could be done because of the, the mm-hmm. accessibility to resources that we have right now. Um, but 
what will mean um, long-term success is those factors, just characteristic traits that you can't really teach people. Um, my girl, she's a business owner as well. We were talking yesterday and she said that COVID was actually such a great test for her business. Um, if you cannot survive a pandemic, your business was never really um, set up to be resilient and successful to start with. You know, so mm-hmm. she she's finding blessings in that. Like she's still standing. So it just shows like that it was set on such strong foundations. Um, and that why was so strong. You just got creative. You know, I love seeing I, what I've loved through COVID is seeing brands becoming more creative with how they still gave their, I guess, their services or their products, but in new ways. You know, like I found that so dope. It just challenged the creatives a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. they even surprise themselves. So I love that. Um, So talking about success, I guess, like, the definition of success varies, like, from person to person. So that's already one thing. But do you think uh, our generation's definition of success kind of has been redefined? Like, I know, even when I was younger, like, I was taught, like, you know, go to school, graduate, get a nine to five, get married, have kids, boom, you're good. But do you feel mm-hmm. like it's kind of shift? Like I, I personally think it's shifting, but I totally want to hear what you guys think as well. Um, for me, I'll say, yeah, it has been changing. For me, success is uh, following your purpose in life, chasing your dreams and keeping a positive aura no matter what. Like uh, a couple years, I started photography. I never wanted to be a photographer at all. Uh, Ray Sean was like, hey, Pick up a camera, man. Start just taking pictures. And I was like, nah, it's not really my thing. My cousin did it too at the time, which is the funny part. Then eventually, a couple of years, I fell in love with the art. And I just continued. I didn't start to think about the money. I just started to follow the art. And I'm here now. So thank you for him for doing that to me. Help me up with that. <laughs> Reason why I say that it's being redefined now is because we have more entrepreneurs than we ever before. I never, when I was growing up, uh, people my age are always trying to find more ways to get money on their own and not looking to work for somebody else. Uh, also, we, we show the youth, the youth, the youth, everybody's gets growing up, all little cousins, nephews, and nieces, they get to see firsthand what it is to make money on your own. And that it is possible, no matter your circumstances, where you're from, what you're going through, that you could be successful on your own and you don't need nobody else. As long as you mm-hmm. have a solid team around you and you support each other, that you can make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we show them examples. So if this, we keep showing them examples, the cycle will eventually stop. The cycle of, you know, us having bad lives, us going through the same things that our parents went through or their parents and keep going, it will stop because they they seen firsthand of what to do and what not to do. And also helping the community. Those little things, giving back, talking to them, it really helps. You never know what they might be going through if you just come talk to them. Mm-hmm. It might help them a lot in in their life. No. I think the concept of success is most definitely um, being redefined by our generation. You know, like you said, we define success. Everyone defines success differently, and you know, for some people, success is just being happy. You know, being truly happy, and I feel like that's one of the most, you know, um, overlooked type of successes there are I guess you can say because you know like you said with your friend she's up to date she has everything going but you know she's not truly happy you know but um 
success is defined by each individual. Even having a consistent income, like Naya said, she found a nine to five. She was really looking for like that, the small success for her and like her own personal journey. And, you know, even like for Ray to create, you know, these jobs for us, I would say that's success because I mean, what other friend, you know, you can say, hey, you're hired, you know, so like Mm -hmm. just all these jobs being created by the millennials and, you know, just the fact that we shifted history is success Mm -hmm. to me. Even if it's not personally like something I did, but the fact that, you know, there's like this generational collaboration going on, like everyone's, you know, looking out for each other, you know, throwing alleys to everyone. And um, for me, originally success, um, according to my family, was defined as, you know, becoming a nurse and having this um, income and all of this stuff. But at the time, I didn't understand it because I'm like, but why would I want to do that? And success to me was, you know, just being an artist. It wasn't about, you know, having the money. It was more so like, I'm successful because I'm happy that I'm able to express myself in all these different outlets. So the definition of success is so, (laughs) it's so different right now. Even if we all could name one, our all of ours would be different. So mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. got redefined for sure. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like with my family, everyone was like, yeah, go get your degree. You're going to make tons of money. And I'm like, okay. So I went to go do that. And then it's like, where's the money, guys? Yeah. So I feel like success is definitely like, you know, it's... It's whatever you feel like it is. Like for me, successful is me traveling, me doing what mm-hmm. I I want to be able to do. I want to have that freedom to be able to, you know, just go and do something or, you know, take that time to myself. You know, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And until I'm able to do that, I feel like I'm not really that successful. Yeah, I've accomplished things, mm-hmm. but it's like, what, how, how can that make me happy? Mm-hmm. You understand? So like, mm-hmm. like you said, happiness is the main key. Like, people overlook it so much. So I feel like, um, I feel like our generation pretty much did redefine it because everyone's family beforehand told us, oh, this is the right direction to go to. And, you know, we've went in kind of in that direction and, you know, it's not really what it's all cracked out to be. So Mm -hmm. we definitely, you know, redefined it in a Mm -hmm. sense. I agree. I feel like success is really what you set for yourself. Yeah. Like success is your own definition i feel like you shouldn't follow somebody else's footsteps like for example with naya just said like my mom growing up it was like kind of backwards because she always told me like listen like go to do good in school you know you go to school for free you know you get a good job and all that but when i say it's backwards i mean like i was the one who wanted to venture off on my own and do mm. my own i knew from an early age i didn't want to work for nobody i had a huge mm. problem authority you know what i mean and I pushed her to like really start her own thing. It's like first she started a daycare, you know what I mean? Now it's like she wants to start her own bed and breakfast. Right. It's like it's like you don't I had to put on her like listen, like you don't have to feel pressure to like Mm. standard because that's the way that she was raised. It's like we're in a whole different time now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to be more of like the innovator, not just like for my family, but more so like the people that like even even them, like even even like all of them right here. It's like if y'all doubt something or if y'all like second guess something, it's like always, I'm the one that'll tell you always trust your intuition. You know what mm. I mean? But like success really is just, is going to go as far as you let it go, as far as you mm. want it or intend for it to go. Because mm. really, 
I don't really necessarily feel like you can compare or like measure your success to anybody else's because you're not living their life. You know what I mean? Like you're not filling their pockets. So at the end of the day, it's like you really just got to stick to what makes you you. Stick to what path that you created for yourself. Really, don't care to like start something new so other people can get inspired and maybe start that off and create that generational wealth. In this climate, for some people, success is not having a mental breakdown. So, right. that, you know, like, nah, it takes a lot. It takes <laughs> a lot, yeah, but like a hell of a lot, especially like finding yourself, like let alone like finding out like what what is your purpose or what you feel as though is your purpose in this life. Yeah. It takes a hell of a lot. And I feel like a lot of people do not receive credit for that or they look or they're looked at in a certain light because other people obviously don't see it the way that you see mm. it. You know, like being a mental health advocate, it's like, you know, there's people out there that if you say something like hey, anxiety, they look at you like, well, that shit ain't real. You know what I mean? That like, is or, not or, real. Or, go to church, go pray. Like, yeah, I know. I feel like <laughs> all types of, it's like you, it brings you back and it makes you feel disrespected in a way because it's like, yo, this is real. Like, this is real life. Yeah. Or when they is, try to know what kills me is when people say like, everybody has anxiety. Like, I'm not talking about right. everybody. I'm talking <laughs> about me and what I'm going through. Right. Can you listen? Like, yeah. Anxiety, anxiety <laughs> comes in different levels. You know what I mean? Comes in different shapes, forms, levels, and all that. Yeah. And you yeah. never know what triggers somebody nowadays. And I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people just don't care. But then they expect like, okay, well, I'm going through this, so cater to that. And that's that shouldn't be the case, really. I yeah. Like yeah. We look down on experiencing mental health when the reality is like everybody goes through it, even though everybody's not really comfortable letting it be known for certain situations. The mm-hmm. fact that the matter is real. Hey, people, mm-hmm. Everybody goes through it. See mm-hmm. what I mean? And everybody needs that that time going through that really push and find out like, okay, why am I here? What am I meant to do? What makes me happy? How can I venture off of that? You know, it takes a lot. It takes a hell of a lot. And yeah. you, or sometimes you, you have to take a step back and, and look at it from another perspective. Like, okay, yeah, I'm successful with this, this, and this, but why am I feeling so stressed out? What, right. What's the problem? Like, you know, what, what do I have to, you know, take a step back from? That's also mm. important too. Knowing when to, you know, relax. The amount of work that you put outward is the same amount that you should be putting inward to yourself. Inward. Yep. You're the vessel that fuels everything going on around you. So if you're not, you know, watering yourself in a sense, success won't meet you. You have mm. to water yourself to get there. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually relate to, to everything y'all, that y'all said. Um a little bit about me. So my, uh, my dad's North African, my mom's French. So they're both immigrants. Um, and my dad literally, like, I don't know if you guys seen the memes, like when African parents talk about like how they went to school and like they walking through the jungle barefoot, like for miles and miles, like, <laughs> like that's the type of stories my dad be telling me, you know? And it's like, I know his struggle. Um, and I know what he did. Like man was homeless. Like, he literally came from a third world like country, you know, to come to North America to have a better life, not only for me, but he supports, you know, my family back home. So his definition of success is very much like what he was taught. Like, you know, you get an education, you become a doctor or you become a doctor and that's it. 
and you know like <laughs> that like that's about it and that's the only option like it's crazy even to this day like my grandma like will call me and she'll be like oh my gosh like I can't wait for you to become a doctor and I'll just literally be like yeah grandma yeah meanwhile like that's never happening but you know <laughs> you said about Cheta, her grandma's her grandma's mind like yeah I don't want to hurt, don't her hurt grandma's feelings yeah like, she grandma. yeah like she's been praying about it for years but I also know like she never had an education ever you know she went maybe to uh-huh. school till she was like grade like third grade and then like even like her literacy is just very minimal like she can barely read and write you know because that wasn't that wasn't the times, you know? So I almost felt a responsibility as a woman, you know, to get an education because my grandmother never had that option. But was that my definition of success? I guess in a sense, like it's changing my generational, like generational patterns. But I realized like, because I was faced with such mental health issues at an early age, like my definition of success quickly changed, you know, like um, I forget who said it, but like not having a mental breakdown. Like I remember having a therapy session maybe a couple of weeks ago. My therapist is like, do you realize like based off of your track record, you should be so depressed right now. Like you should literally not be a functioning human being. But meanwhile, you're here like thriving, like you're overcoming things like you're like you're functioning, like you're still doing your podcast. You're still going to work. You're still doing this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, true. She's like, that's such a win. But we don't realize, like, these are huge successes. But we're not Mm -hmm. programmed to even acknowledge them. And that's so bad because it's like, when you're in it, like, that shit is crazy. So um, I've been trying to redefine my idea of success. And it kind of goes to what we were saying at the very beginning of, like, planning and what that looks like. Like, to me, it's not even happiness. It's just finding peace and joy because happiness is so fleeting. So just being content and being inspired, like that state is so, is the ultimate form. You know, whatever that looks like, whatever brings me that is my version of success. Um, And it could be whether it be, you know, professionally, personally. um, I think that's what I just strive to do because sometimes people will ask me like, Yo, Baz, like, what are you trying to do with your degree? What are you trying to do with your career? And I'm like, to be honest, I don't know what the end goal looks like. I know what I want it to do. Like, I have my why. I just don't know the what yet. And I know I want it to be unorthodox. I want to help people. I want to heal people. I want to provide resources to um, disadvantaged groups. But what that will look like doesn't even exist yet. You know what I mean? So that that idea of success doesn't even exist yet, but I know what I want it to feel like. So um, a lot of the time we've been so programmed on having that checklist that we're not focused on how we're feeling. So I've been trying to shift that narrative of really focusing on, you know, I'm going to manifest how this feels. And if it doesn't feel like this, I don't want it. You know, like I, I had exactly. that, you know, I had that, I had the, you know, I was at the best university in Canada. I had, you know, the love of quote unquote of my life. You know, I was living on my own, was working my job, but was I happy? No, that's when I was the most depressed. Like I was miserable. So um, I just had to really refocus and redefine that. So I think everything y'all said was so important and so important. Um, But yeah, so I definitely, I think anyone that listens to this will definitely pick out gems. Um, I'm definitely not. I can't remember everything I said. I'm going to listen back and be like, damn, that was a gem too. I should have said that. Should have shouted that out. Um, (laughs) 
there's, no, uh, there's one last thing I wanted to add. Mm-hmm, yeah. Your dad uh, probably felt that way because because uh, you know, where he was from, I feel like mm-hmm. his circumstances. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm from people feel like I'm successful because of the things I was able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm from, there's not much success there. You know, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of stuff they can look to and say, you know, that person did this, that person did that. There is yeah. no so for me, you know, my my level of success is something that's different. You know, like in my family, yeah. not a lot of people went to college. So college wasn't looked at as the success point in my mm-hmm. family. You went to college, you did it not. It was more like, what did you do? Like you money like where are where are you you know as far as your stats you know like like that's what the success be something happen you know like are you in control of your own destiny like that so I think your dad looked at it that way because where he was from that country that third world country you know being a doctor in America is like like or uh, Canada yeah. is like the biggest thing, you know, it's like, you know, this is successful to me and my peers back home. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. he, he made it, you know, quote-unquote, yeah. he made it. They yeah. probably look at him like, he's successful, he made it, he did Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that means, Yeah. Even uh, in, like, all of our individual journeys, um, the stable piece, I'm wearing one of them right now, one time for your mind, we wanted to, like, you know, uh-huh. give an insight for everyone, no matter what kind of journey you are on, you know, take one moment to breathe because mental health matters, you know, take a moment to focus, you know, reevaluate everything that's going on. Despite whatever level of success your family thinks or you mm-hmm. think, you know, elevate your mind and, you know, just try to be present in the moment to continue to strive for the success that you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so, that's so true. I think bo- both of what you guys just said is important and um, it's making me double back. Um, I agree with what my dad, like, and I have so much respect for him because looking at what he went through, like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And that's also why um, I did a lot of the things I did because he did so much and sacrificed so much so I could have this privilege to be like, oh, what is my definition of success? You know, let him like having that option to even consider it where he didn't even def- like he didn't have that definition. It's either I'm going to do this or I'm, you know, not going to be successful, period. Like I'm stuck. So it's a privilege to even be able to discuss what success looks like. And I acknowledge that. Um, And the whole thing about um, uh, now being able to, and it's so interesting. And I had this conversation before the whole concept of mental health in itself is almost, it makes me sad, but at the same time I get it. It's a very privileged conversation because when you're in a situation, when you are in places where like, it's not even, who cares how you feel? You're just trying to get by. Um, mental health is not even considered. Like my dad would look at me like, "What? why are you sad? You have no reason to be sad for, you know what I mean? That's my mom said that to me the other day. And yeah. I was like, why? It's because when they say that, they're really like saying it from a place of their own struggles. Like yeah. they're really comparing. And it's like, they didn't have to go through. Yeah. Right. You know, we don't have to go through what they per se went through, but they don't understand what we're going through on mm-hmm. our end because of right. whatever they went through. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't have it's not the same experience. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of why they feel I like that. Normalize letting people feel how they feel and just understanding that. Don't mm-hmm. have to um, investigate on how they shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Let them feel that. 
and let them, you know, learn how to heal it. Don't yeah. Like, it's a learning ongoing process. Yeah. Thing. I don't think it's people saying, oh, you look sad while you're sad. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, like, their own struggles. I think, mm-hmm. like, you know, us people, our people as a whole, we talk to not really deal with those you know, mm-hmm. mental issues. So, like, mm-hmm. I haven't even really had a conversation about mental health until I was a full-blown adult. Yeah. Like when I was Same. a kid, it was hard, you know. Yep. Take that shit on the chin and keep it pushing. You know, like that's mm-hmm. how I was So I mean, I, I, I had those conversations about what to de- how to deal with it or what to do. I just thought it was normal. Like mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, like that's how I was taught. Yeah. Growing up, in, I grew up in church a lot. Like my my uncle, he took me. I have four uncles, but one of my uncles taught, like took me to church every Sunday from when I was like seven to when I was like 14, 15. So like what I was taught was to be grateful of what you have, you know, you know, pray about it. If you want it, you're going to pray about it, manifest that, you know, that that's how I was taught. But, you know, yeah, you could be grateful, but you could still have your things that you're working on. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, you know, I feel like my family, yeah. per, se, per se, my family, you know, they're just like, oh, be grateful of what you have. And I'm like, yeah, I am grateful. But there's other things that need to be worked on, too, that you guys didn't work on for me. So now I have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that's still mm-hmm. that, that's something that needs to be discussed more often, too, with families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. What did you say? Especially in black things. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> my mom is black. Various and cycles. <laughs> yes. 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 It's, it's, I even been to therapist. Yeah. I didn't I, know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Me and my mom, like, we went to therapy about maybe, like, six times when I was younger. See what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. yeah like, like, because, honestly, I'm going to be real with y'all. Like, we didn't. We never really had the best relationship growing up. It mm-hmm. was always just like cat and dog, like Tom and Jerry type shit. So mm-hmm. like we never really see eye to eye, you know what I mean? But it goes back to a lot based on both our person, you know what I mean? But it took mm-hmm. us up until recently to have that open conversation. I mean, like, hey, listen, like this is this is how I felt all these years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Now that my mental is collected, both of our mentals are collected and we're older now. So we we can actually have that conversation. Like Sean said, we never, I never spoke about it until we were adults. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because as a child, it's like we're getting looked at, especially in the black homes. Like, yo, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. how it is. Right. We still never talked about it. I mean, your mom is way older than we are. And they yeah. haven't talked like mental health hasn't really been an issue until just recently, you know? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom, my mom actually got on the phone with my therapist and was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <I'm upset. laughs> yeah. Imagine how long it would take them to really understand. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too. I feel like therapists, when it comes to that, they don't necessarily, you know, I mean, I don't want to say all, but some wouldn't really necessarily understand when it comes to a mother and a son or a father mm-hmm. and a daughter or whatever the case is, because I feel like that's something that they really have to break down for themselves and connect to. Like I just said, like we, we just had this conversation maybe like a couple of weeks ago, and now it's like, we're better than ever, really. I feel, I feel like, you know, if we went, would have went to therapy, it, like you said, you got to find that right one, you yeah. know, that, that suit. But I honestly feel as though, like, if it were in my circumstance, that they would normally just like, because when we went, all we heard was, okay, like, this is the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem. Mm. It was never 
There was never no tactic. There was never no like, okay, well. How can we fix the problem? Game plan. What is the problem? And just like talk to each other. And it was like, Mm. we don't need That's all we're doing. I mean, we don't need you. We can can talk. Like I said, we just, we just talk. Mm -hmm. And it's not hard. I feel like sometimes if you're going to have, um, if you're going to do things like that, I feel like it's important to go back to the root and find out really why, you know, things got to that point. Because it, like I said previously, it does take, and a lot of the time growing up, you know, you might think that you have those answers based on like the things that you go through or the, the things that, um, that you can't control that happens. But when you get to a certain point, it's just like, you know, now that we're older now, it's like, we, we know we have the knowledge, we have the background, you know, we have the energy now in the right space. Everything is proper. To mm-hmm. proceed and do, do, to be in the right space, you know. What I, mean? I do think we should um, also. Um, well, I hope that it can get normalized to speak on mental health at a much earlier age with your family. Mm-hmm. Everyone has childhood traumas, and if we were able to talk about it openly at the time as adults, it wouldn't have came out so like. Um, so late. I would, it would have came out so like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like surprise, like you just you're discovering that you had all these traumas once you finally talk about mental health, and you're like, wait, what mm-hmm. happened? That's really how I felt. And um, mm-hmm. for me, I struggled with mental health the most. I would say in high school because that's when we were all you know applying for colleges, and um, everyone in my family's a nurse or a doctor, and I didn't want anything to do with that. I completely went the opposite way. So like. Mental health at that time in my life was so challenging because it was like they didn't understand where I was coming from on why I just wanted to be an artist. They mm-hmm. they never expressed their se- themselves to that extent to even know what it feels like to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. So um, talking about mental health at an earlier age, I hope that, you know, gets normalized because we adults and we figure it out. It shouldn't be that way. Our parents should, you know, try to shape and mold our mind as we grow through those traumas not Mm -hmm. like once it's already done right no that's so true that's so true yeah because i think um like for sure like the thing is we're i always think like when i think when me and my parents are going back and forth i'm like yo this is just hurt kids hurting kids like we are all grown adults but like we're little kids on the inside you know like all of our coping mechanisms you know everything that triggers us that is really rooted into our inner child um so 100% agree it's really about even have that language you know and the reason my podcast is call me crazy is because literally my dad used to look at me and be like yo you're crazy you're crazy you know what I mean? And it, it was that was a weapon to hurt me because now we were butting heads and he was calling me everything under the sun and it's like now I've reclaimed that and now we laugh at it. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I'm crazy. But the thing is like, because we never had that, he never had that language growing up. You know what I mean? It's like, just literally tough it out. You know, you go through things, mm-hmm. you gotta tough it out. Um, and the other problematic thing is that um, we forget that mental health in itself, everyone has a form of mental health, just like everyone has a form of physical health. So it's automatically taboo in the way we talk about it. Um, and we automatically assume um, cause and effect. We think um, you feel like this because this happened. Sometimes mm-hmm. you feel like this because guess what? That's just a biological response of imbalance and hormones. You know, there's different things happening in your body. You know, sometimes 
that's just how you can't see it. You can't see it. It's literally a wound that's so much deeper than just like things going on. Like there's times where I'm like, everything is great, but I'm so depressed and I don't know why. Or I've had friends who literally like are going through like manic episodes and it's like, whoa, where did this come from? You know, it's beyond like actual triggers of outside things. It's not a ungratefulness. It's not, um, you know, a lack of, um, of strength. If anything, people who go through mental health issues are actually very resilient, very strong. But um, that dialogue, that language, those conversations aren't really happening. So you're automatically put at a disadvantage because now you are fighting with your family. You know, you don't know, like you think you're going, you literally think you're crazy. Your your friends don't understand it. Yeah, go ahead. But what I think about that is like uh, a lot of the time it it becomes a fight because, you know, like my mom is black, right? And our family no one really speaks about things. Mm -hmm. It's always, you know, internalized. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's never a conversation. There's never a space for the conversation Mm -hmm. without it getting escalated. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I tried to change as me being an an adult. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really uncomfortable for my mom sometimes Mm because she doesn't, you know, she never had that, you know, she never, you know, had the space to come and speak to her parents about Mm -hmm. anything that she's going through. So I try to make it, a priority to be able to speak to her about things. And if I can't, I'll still try to figure it out. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about it and you, it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable, but you have to talk about it because mm-hmm. I can't keep going, feeling the way I'm feeling and just act like everything is okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing that, you know, I feel like people need to realize and take the action on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Sometimes you have to, you know, be in that uncomfortable situation and talk to your family and talk to whoever it is, your boyfriend, your friends, Mm -hmm. because even my friends, some of my friends, we have situations where we're upset because it's like I'll feel like, you know, you want me to do something that's compromising me Mm -hmm. because to make you happy. And I can't do that. So, you know, it needs to be a conversation instead of a back and forth like, oh, you're being a bitch. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it it shouldn't be that. It should be more of a conversation. So, like that definitely plays a big part in, you know, how people deal with their mental health as well, because, Mm. you know, how could you talk to people about it without it being weird, you know, or without it being an argument and it shouldn't be an argument, you know, and even just being a girl, like uh, in between PMS, ovulation and our cycle, we really have to feel, (laughs) (laughs) to feel normal. There's literally one week in the month. I know. I'm like, everyone can catch it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like people are like, oh, I feel away, but I don't know how, I don't know why. It could be because of those things, you know? Yeah. So even just being a girl, that's a whole nother type of conversation, like with your mental mm-hmm. health. Yeah, no, for sure. I think just being knowledgeable about it, like you said, your boyfriend, your mom, your friends, just let them know what's going on. Like, um, I'm in my cycle right now. I'm not acting like a bitch. Give me a minute. Yeah, I need to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do want to I do want to touch on that. Like, no funny, funny shit. Like, okay, so growing up, first off, like, my mom, she was born in Jamaica. Like, Kingston mm-hmm. and all that. So with her, you know, she didn't really have a father. She didn't really have that guidance to, like, me being her first child is, like, she wasn't prepared for that. So when situations happen, like, you know, well, we need to talk about it, it, it doesn't get talked about because, you know, she wasn't prepped for that. She doesn't know. You know what I mean? So sometimes it won't even be the parents fault. Just like, you know, it's a cycle is what they're taught. Mm-hmm. And, and even though they know it's like, you know, 
you can break the cycle. Like I said, it's like they still don't know. Mm. Like me, I grew up in a house majority of all female, but I was the only guy. So it was like I was really the one that was pressed to, you know, be that guy, like be the, the man all the time. So mm. I sit a whole like, oh, you got your period? Oh, it's your day? Oh, it's your week? Oh, it's your week? Like everywhere. And <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you know, and you just you just deal with that. And it's like I do see what, you know, what Azarine just like previously stated. Like I, even now, like I'm still going through that. Like I know like Maybe a couple of days ago, you know, my mom and my sisters, it's just like they all in the same mood. And it's like, I know I'm used to that. Like, I mm-hmm. already know. And I feel like women do actually go through like something stronger when they, when they go through what they go through. And obviously, you know, me being a guy, like, I may understand, but I'm not going to understand fully. Like, I don't I don't go through it. Really understand sometimes. Yeah, we'll never understand that. Yeah. I just see what's given to me. That's really mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm not. Like okay, well, yeah, I had my period last week. You know, my <laughs> right now, like I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that guy. Like I, I feel like you know, there's a lot of things that women are like undervalued about, like and especially like being underpaid. I'm not gonna lie, that shit really bothers me because I think about it, it's like I got a mom. See what I'm saying? Who is black? Who is mm-hmm. in the medical field? Like she's a phlebotomist, and yet it's like mm-hmm. she still gets treated. As it, and she's been doing it for 17 years, but yet still gets treated as if like, um, you know, she can't do it as if like, you know, she, she's undermined. And I don't know if y'all like know, but in the hospital field, it's a lot more racist. It's a lot more stereotypical than, than you really think. And there's a lot of people always like pushing to get people like my mom out of there because, you know, the white people got a cousin, brother, sister, whatever that want to get in there and just feel like we're better because daddy's money paid for it, like Naya said. And we don't have that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hard work beats talent every time. And that's mm-hmm. why, you know, that's why my mom is still in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why she's at the level that she's at. And that's why I'm, I'm in this crib. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't, you can't really, like, push down on somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, just because of what you're taught or what your what your grandma taught you mm. or what your grandma's grandma taught you, whatever. Like that's why I really what's going on in the world right now is like really opening up everything. Mm. Like yeah. Every, I see the racist thing. Like just the other day I seen a whole Instagram page for Karen's. You know oh what I'm my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like just just for that though. And it's just crazy because like what, maybe like five, six months ago, nobody would dare do some shit like that. That's crazy. Ever. Yeah, like, nobody would ever dare do some shit like that, and it's and it's crazy that this is really what it takes to open people's eyes and get them to act how they would want to act accordingly. But mm-hmm. it just sucks because this isn't the way. But I feel like the balance is coming. Like I, I feel like the balance is really mm-hmm. showing people like okay, like well these people can be over here, but we're gonna be over here and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. So, if someone tells you that they know why they feel away, um, something that can be, you know, quick and easy off the top of your mind is to ask them what sparks joy for them. Mm. You know, to help them get out of that funk, you know? So not all the time do we need our problem dissected. We need a moment to breathe and, mm-hmm. you know, like just get our mind off of it because it might be too much. That's how, you know, anxiety attacks happen. So, you heard. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so, you know, just doing things that spark joy whenever your emotions are so tangled up. You don't even know what to tell somebody when they're asking you why you're feeling that way. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's a that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Unconditionally. 
Yeah. 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 And even a hug. Yeah, I love you, man. Even a hug goes a long way. <laughs> you know, I read online, actually, it takes eight hugs a day for humans to maintain. <laughs> 12 hugs a day. Bro, eight. Yeah. Wait, say that one more time. Eight hugs. Eight hugs. Oh, Damn. Probably get zero a day, actually. One. Since probably. COVID, I've probably got none. None, right? I'm not gonna lie. My mom is like a hug. My mom is not a big hugger. Yeah, she not. Hug like, her. Mommy, no, I'm not either, I I'm with that. Social distance Um, coming to the house like, hey, son, how you doing? Like, you know, the only one. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, now that's coming in. Now it's like I'm the only one. Yeah, despite despite all that, it's like now the love is coming in. Now it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, my only son, my oldest son. <laughs> oh, oh my that's so cute. Like, like, but then they're like, me in my head, you know, I'm thinking like, well, where was that energy, you know, a couple years ago? Someone, it's progress, you know, it's mm-hmm. growth. It it's and growth. You got to acknowledge the growth. That's what really like helps with my mental health. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to lie. Like seeing her happy and seeing her do what she wants to do and like, act, and actually putting mm-hmm. in effort mm-hmm. after really like, like if she can do it I could do it too and we're gonna be so much better than I ever even like dreamed because mm-hmm. once you really see somebody like put that effort in that you know for a fact that they can do and then some it's like okay like now mm-hmm. we're above and beyond like now now I, I can like move forward with myself because like my my partner is you know what I mean like on a level that I didn't even yeah. see them so it helps it really really helps yeah, I, don't, I mean, she don't really hug me like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, she do be, you know, giving me love. Like, we had a conversation last night, like, she doing my hair. You know what I mean? Like, when I was younger, um, she never did it. You know what mm. I mean? She just never, like, things, were, things were just so much different. I just mm-hmm. got treated in a different way that just, like, mm. you know, it's just unexplainable. But now it's like, I feel like we're inseparable now. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. feel like we're learning to appreciate each other's being way more, not just mm-hmm. because of COVID, but more so the fact that this is years in the making. You know mm-hmm. I, mean? I feel like everybody should really like do that with somebody that they feel like they might be off with, like depending on the situation, of course, you know what I mean? But I do feel like, you know, people should really like go back and think like, okay, well, let me, you know, let me clear this up with this person, spread some love. You know what I mean? Not necessarily just keep that um, repentance like inside of them towards people. And a lot of the time, people don't really remember what the issue is. You know, mm-hmm. they don't really remember why they even got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. But yet, like, they still hesitate to just spread some love and just let people know, like, hey, you're appreciated. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I see you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I usually, like, what I like to do now or what I've liked to been doing really um, if I see a black business or if I see something that's dope on like online or anywhere, mm-hmm. really, like I, I compliment people. I tell them like, hey, like this is dope. Or, I'll cop this. I'll support. Or if I'm just talking to people, I'll be like, hey, stay blessed, you know, stay safe. Have a nice day, even if I yeah. don't know you, because tomorrow I could not know you. You know what I mean? Or in a it's couple true. hours, you don't really know. Regardless of what you stand on, it's like I don't I don't wish death on nobody. Yeah, I don't. Want to say that. Yeah, I that's will, so like, true. Yeah, I will. I will wish you would say Dean. You know, I will wish yeah. you and all that, regardless of. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like the more you hold that repentance inside of you, 
it affects your mental health and it brings mm. you back to a state where you know you just like well all this work that I put in to really like find myself and build the mental energy that I need you know it's it's draining because I'm mm-hmm. holding on to and I and I can't and I'm choosing not to let this go and some people really like they do that but they don't hold themselves accountable yeah. which is what I was saying like earlier you know you got to take a step back and just mm-hmm. realize like like the problem is me like the problem is what I'm doing or how I'm moving rather mm-hmm. than just seeing me how they're moving it's my life and they just living in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's so true. I, I think everything, everything y'all said was on point. Um, everything down to just like holding um, yourself accountable, making sure that you're taking a step back, making sure you're okay. Um, and you said something about black businesses, which is actually kind of my next question for y'all. Um, before mm-hmm. we go, um, you guys are a black business. And also I always try and consider the climate that we're in when I'm having these discussions. Um, and I wanted to know, like, why do you think it's important, um, one, for being a black business right now and especially like supporting each other? Because I feel like for a lot, and this might have been, I think it was said a little bit earlier, like we constantly feel like um, we have to go against each other you know, instead of supporting each other. Um, and that's very much a narrative that's been, you know, reinforced through um, colonialization and all that um, and oppression. But um, I definitely have found myself like, you know, being very mindful of where my money goes. Now I'm very intentional. But um, why do you think it is important? Like I just, from being owners, you know? I personally feel like it's essential right now. Oh, you want to go there? I mean, I personally feel like, you know, it's, it's really essential right now in this day and age. Um, like I stated earlier, the youth is the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really up to our generation right now to like spread that mental message of generational wealth mm-hmm. and as a stamp. You know, also there's, I with the black business thing, like I do feel like there's way, way, too many stereotypes and people putting the pressure and the judgment already on the black businesses, whereas they think, okay, we're a black business and we already don't have good customer service or the quality mm-hmm. of our clothes is not up to standard from what they see online or what they see on the internet. And, um, you know, they believe that we try to half-ass things when that's, that's never the case. You know what I mean? I, like, there's a lot of black businesses out here that's actually paving the way, like we stated earlier, opening up new opportunities and new paths for other people. Um, I also feel like the only way that'll really happen for black people to invest in our own is really like if we stop looking at things as competition, like looking at success as a race mm. rather than an end goal. You know what I mean? And I feel like everybody is just too concerned with, okay, well, if I support you, you know, then, then my shit's going to die down. Like, well, mm. if I support him, then, then, you know, what about me? Everybody looks at support as, like, something that's privileged, or most people do. Mm. They look like, okay, well, if I support you, then, like, what you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Rather than just, like, let me let me spread that love and let me uh, build that person up because I see that he's trying to make a difference, make a change in the same community as I am. So I really do feel as though that, you know, our community really do, does need to come together and recreate what's truly a birthright. Mm. You know, I feel like Black Wall Street can be uh, recreated again, you mm-hmm. know, and 
it, it, it really has like the strongest potential right now. Like I, I've seen in maybe like years, to be honest with you, like everybody's trying to get it. Everybody's trying to get it. Not even just our I mean, own. Yeah. I wanted to just add on to that. I just feel like, um, you know, just, you know, being a black business, I think it's important for us to spend the money wisely and invest in, you know, our own communities because others aren't, you know, those big corporations, they're not, they're not invested in our communities per se. They don't want to give back to us. They don't want to see our kids thrive, you know? So that leaves it up to us to put that money into the programs that we need, you know, make an effort to make sure that the kids know, like, you know, you're supported, you know, we want to help you. We want to teach you and show them those things. So I think it's really important for just black businesses in general to give back to their communities. That's mm. very important. Very, very important because that's, that's ultimately re- the reasons why, like, you know, some, in some areas, you know, kids are being killed or like they getting into the wrong things because, you know, their, their communities are not properly funded. They're not being funded by, like I said, the, corporations that's supposed to be paying taxes that don't be paying taxes so you know like (laughs) all of that you have to invest in in your community you have to Mm -hmm. you know build build the people up Mm -hmm. and i feel like fruition does that a lot you know that's what we that's what we for definitely really feel that you know you're putting out is what you're getting back you know but in instance like i just found out recently that goya Rice, like I've been, I've been eating that my whole life, and they still pouring oh, no. shrimp and things like that. So oh, I like, saw I, that bullshit. Oh my god! I even because it's like you know, they don't support my people, they don't support my community. So you know, you gotta be mindful of the things that you buy. And, you know, just gotta make sure that you know, for us, buy us. That's the mentality that we had to adapt. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm on for um you know, being a black business right now is great. Like the best time to be a black business. Like, I mean, I remember you saying, um, you had a friend that said, if you can survive through COVID, then you have a strong foundation. But not only did we survive, like we're thriving. Like, we, mm. like this is the best we've been doing since we started this. Amazing. So I feel like, you know, being a black business is, 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 is a great time to be a black business. And, I love um, that. What is on the wisely, you know, financial literacy is like extremely important for a black person in America. Yes. Uh, the schools in our neighborhoods don't have many classes or resources to learn about, you know, taxes or the stock market. Um, so in order to build generational wealth, we need to the flow of the black dollar in our communities. Um, hire our own people, make our own food, just become self-sufficient. So, mm-hmm. Keep the block black. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. being each other and supporting each other, and like again, being mindful yeah. about the stuff we put our money into, and making sure that the people that we support support us back. Yeah, yeah, and I know a lot of people come to America like for the American dream, but America doesn't fund your dream. You have to fund your dream on your own, you know, and you're supporters, your family, your friends, they help fund your dream as well by, you know, getting the word out there. Word of mouth is actually what helped fruition in the beginning stages. Like before we even had a website, we were selling out just off, off of word of mouth. So, you know, 
not only are we do we need to spend our money wisely, you know, we need to be encouraging and supportive towards those who dare to show the world their dreams. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny because my um college slogan was dare to do more. And I swear it just it stuck with me like since then. Mm. But that that in itself, that's very true. Mm. Gotta support that. I'm yeah. Sure. I that's- feel like so at least like people in the direction of support that's really just not for them. I feel like when they see what's like, you know, up and running, like what's popping or like what's new or they just like instantly go, okay, well, let me go buy that because I want to show the world like I'm up to date really rather than like buy something or invest in something, a business like fruition really Mm -hmm. as more people. When I feel like people don't even, like Dell said, you know, the whole Goya situation is like, I feel like if people would have took the time to like research, you know, about what they uh, and consuming and, and, and what they're buying, it's like, it would really help a lot. Cause I feel like people just, they're, they're used to like, for example, I'm used to Sazon. Like I, I use that shit, Adobo and all that. I mean, I'm using now, but that's what I used to growing up. You see what I'm saying? But I wish I would have took the time to be like, okay, well this, that type of person is creating this or that type yeah, of but, person using that or whatever. Yeah, but that's what makes it so like, you know, such a slap in the face because, you know, black communities, Spanish communities, everybody has supported Goya from, from what, you know, like that's what we use for generations. So for you to support Trump, who's literally against us, that's like, that's a huge slap in the face. That's why they're dubbed. And that's Uh why we need to, you know, do more research in, 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 these brands, these corporations, mm. because a lot of these corporations are supporting the main person that don't support us, mm. don't help us. They they don't. So I think it's really important for people to, you know, go educate yourself on mm-hmm. those brands mm. and make sure you're investing in your community, your black communities, your black owned businesses, your businesses with your friends, the people that you know, because you know those people are supporting you. Yeah. So yeah. that's the main. Yeah. And stop buying designer. Honestly, like yeah, they don't like us. I like that. I'm not gonna lie to you. One time I pet peeve right now is just nah, like seriously, because it's like, for example, the whole H and M situation, the whole mm. Gucci situation. Like, I feel like people will know what's going on and still honestly <laughs> go out and buy the things that's just blatantly mm. disrespecting your culture. It's like yeah. I still see people wearing Gucci and it's like I still see people making TikTok videos. I, I mean the only time I accept it is if they're scammers because the <laughs> they scamming the money, you know, they're not really getting they're not, you know, they're not really getting to that. It's not <laughs> I feel that. They're, you know, they stealing the money from the businesses. So that's the only time I support. If you scamming, go scam Gucci. Go scam Dior. Right, go yeah, scam like, Louis Vuitton. Go do the thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's so on point. And there's so many, like, al- the thing is, there's just so much alternatives. It's just people need to do the research. Um, I think, and y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but I just bought a bag. It's called Telfar. It's New York. Yeah, they're black owned. Yeah, they're black, black owned, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, and so that's where I'm trying to do my research. Pardon? I just got one too. Yeah, they're sold out everywhere. I was like, what? And then I seen a lady May post it. I was like, oh, they were, they're about to be sold out forever, forever yeah, at are. that point. Um, but, you know, just stuff like that. Um, even if it's more expensive, like to me, it's like, I now I'm in a place where obviously, like financially, um, 
I still, I'm still not where I want to be, but it's like, I can make that conscious decision. And even just reading like, and I'm, I still need to do more research, but just reading on like the type of labor that some companies are doing, like using the incarceration system and really paying like, like ridiculous like it's actually like like five cents five cents literally like disgusting like it's modern day slavery and it's like Mm -hmm. i'm consuming that and i'm literally funding that like that's if you really take it in that way it's just like it's crazy Um, it's actually quite depressing it is it's very depressing it is very depressing and it's literally happening under our noses and like you just have to wake up and i love that people are becoming more aware and I hope it's not a trend and I hope it's a continuous thing. And that's my biggest thing. Like uh, this, keep having this conversation going, you know, it's not something that should just end because it's a trend. Like to me, that's so stupid. Um, So I really hope it does continue. Um, But yeah, before we go, I really want to know if guys, it could be one each three pieces, whoever wants to talk. Um, just any type of advice you would have for someone who's starting a business or wants to be um, their own boss, I guess. Oh, damn. We lost them. Oh, they back. They back. Yes. Or, um, she was just saying, do y'all have any like advice for people who want to start their own biz- businesses and whatnot or become an entrepreneur and whatnot? To go back to that thing you, when you said, Akeem, you was like... Uh, about black business and the customer service, like the stereotypes. Mm. Talk about that. Yeah. Uh, like, I think there's some unfair stereotypes involving black business because, like, you can see, you know, this is it. Us six people right here is fruition. You know, what I mean, it's not like we got 100, 200 people, you know, working for slave labor or something like that. Like, we all, you know, contribute. Like a part. So I feel like it's not just us, you know, a lot of black businesses are like that. It's a group, small group of people, maybe even just one sometimes. So, you know, you know, like saying customer service is poor, but waiting an hour or, you know, something to wait for a call for an optimum of a rise. And like one of those bigger companies, like you shouldn't give leeway to billion dollar corporations, but no leeway to black businesses. It's just not fair. That's ran by like one to 10 people. Like, like you know, can grow is if you help them grow and, and, and support them and be understanding if certain situations come out. You make mistakes. Yeah, like there's no mistakes allowed yeah. for black mm-hmm. businesses. That's and true. A, another thing too with black businesses, us just being self-made, we're literally working from the ground up. Literally. So it's not that you know we're choosing to make you wait a day or something like that. It's we're literally building it from scratch. So your support can add a brick to this mansion we're building. Your support could give us, you know, the driveway to bring the truck in to get all the stuff going. So any piece at whether it's a dollar, five dollars, or even a repost or a share, yeah. just investing into a black business like that, I feel like is um very important because we feed each other like that. That's how we grow. In a sense, mm-hmm. when you're contributing to a black business, you might be paying for that family's, you know, bill or food or whatever it is. Not even just that, just like the narrative about the whole thing. It's not true. Yeah, it's not it's just true. It's not true. Like, yeah. Many black businesses that customer service is great. Yeah. I mean, like, I this say, is great. Like, yeah. I know a more yeah. 
It's just simply just not true. I just, I just wanted to. Yeah, it's a big stereotype. And really the quality, they have all those um, slave laborers. The quality is actually even worse then because they're, they're producing it at a fast rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a myth. That's a myth. That's yeah. quality. Great quality. Great customer service. Consistency. All around the business that be handling what they got to handle. So. Yeah. And, and I feel like... So just more like that narrative just needs to stop. Yeah, that narrative. Yeah. 100%. I even feel like um, it's so funny you say that because I was watching this uh, YouTube, um, this YouTuber. And obviously I've been finding, it, it kind of irks me like watching these white YouTubers and they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to make a whole video about black businesses. And it's like, okay, but where were you like a month ago doing this? And she was like, she was like, yeah. And like, this is actually really good quality. And I was like, uh, but why wouldn't it be? I literally looked at Azwati and I was like, what? Like, you sound so dumb right now. Like, why wouldn't it be? Like, that made no sense whatsoever, sis. Like, I was like, okay, like, you just sound so stupid right now. Um, like, just stay, in, like, don't say anything if you don't know what you're going to say. But um, yeah, they're like, doing it just because it's trending. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the trend, and that you can yeah. feel the authenticity. So safe face. Yeah, exactly. Like a PR reason. So mm-hmm. um, you could, but obviously, like it get you could tell. So that part really bothers me. But I agree. Like it definitely it is a myth. It is a stereotype. Um, if anything, a lot of these companies are stealing from like smaller mm-hmm. businesses. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, like especially a lot of the higher end uh, businesses. There's um I was Fashion listening, Nova. yeah, Fashion Nova. Yeah, I was listening I to this. Even like um Louis Vuitton, Gucci historically has stolen from like black designers and then literally like banked off of them. H and M, yeah, H and M, all them, Zara, like, all them, right? So they're making profit. And that's obviously like, you know, the obvious examples, like celebrities profiting off of like um, the glamorization mm-hmm. of black culture and stuff. And that's like its own like segue. A whole segment. You can, you can make off of that. Wow. But yeah. So um, I think it's just really important to to do your education, and not be ignorant. But people will choose to be ignorant um, in times like this. But um, yeah. So um, was there any advice y'all would want to add before we wrap up? Anything, it could be any anything, anything you've learned or any type of advice you would give to somebody. I have some. Uh, I would say be honest with mm. customers. That'd be one. The second one would be um, stay organized, you know, keep track of everything and be realistic, like with your goals, you know, like set short term goals. Don't do anything that you're not ready, that you can't be ready for, that you're not ready for, like, in the beginning, you know, like, don't try to go too fast, take your time, mm-hmm. and just play the long game. Another, uh, I would say definitely stick to the plan, like, you know, don't get off track, like, um, don't let anybody else's beliefs mess with your own beliefs. Um, also, things always get worse before they get better, so you got to be able to, you know, navigate the times where nobody likes your stuff. Like you're the only person that likes, you're your own biggest fan, your biggest advocate. So as long as you have that intact, then you know, maybe what you have can bounce off to somebody else, then they can go to the next person. Like that's how that, that's how that works. And also just don't be afraid to get started. Like, you know, like 
we started off with candy. So, you know, don't let, if we could start, if we could do it. That's what, that's, that's, that's what it really is. That should be another one is be authentic. You know, like if we could do this from candy to, to being inside of a store, literally anybody could do it. Because everybody got access to Snickers and Starburst. So if you could do that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's really what make us different from the other brands to me is the authenticity. So, you know, just be authentic, you know, really be about what you're putting out. You know what I mean? Like, really, like the stuff that we put out, create a purpose, you know, dreaming this plan and mental matters. Like, we really embody that stuff. Not like we just putting it on something because it looked cool. Like, all of us individually actually embody the stuff that we putting out. So, it's got to be authentic. Keep it, keep it real. By any means. By any means. I love Process, it. Really and don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, mm. if you're starting up and you know your friends are into things, ask them for help. Ask them, oh, you want to come join? Come on, hop on board. That's how you get it started. That, mm. You could do that too. Don't be afraid of that. But make sure they're real and strong. They're solid. Yeah, she the same vision. That's yeah. mm-hmm. The same vision, same end goal. Everybody got to stay on the same page. Mm-hmm. That one, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so you gotta learn to put your pride aside a lot, mm. a hell of a lot, and like I said, just trust the process, really, because a lot of shit is gonna knock you down. Like a lot of shit is gonna try to convince you like you wasn't made for this. But I do feel as though if you, like Dell said, remember why you started this. Mm-hmm. You know, on your own path and steer clear of everybody else. It's like you, you can't lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like all your enemy. And if anything happens, it's because you let it happen. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's not even in your control, like like we said earlier. Yeah, it's, you know that's true. It's how you, you know? deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like no. like I said, the, the persistence helps and the consistency and all that. Like, yeah. that's a huge. Mm. Your power. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure is. What advice would you give some some photographers starting out? Uh, I'll say for photographers, I know it's very lately. And none of them are loyal. They, mm. like, they just they don't like to grow with any brands. They rather just do it for the money, mostly. They just want to get popping or hyped up right now by the bigger brands. They don't want to actually grind and go through the struggle. And know mm. how it feels to work from a company from when they're low to the highest point. Mm-hmm. That's what I noticed a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they're, they're, most of them are not creative. They just get a camera, you know. Technology is very good nowadays so you don't really need you just click a button and it does it for you but you're not really being creative you're not showing your own way and your art and how it how you express it Mm -hmm. and how also you can work with different businesses when you work with a business and work for yourself it's two different things Mm -hmm. the way i put out my art and the way i put out my art for fruition is i cannot do it the same you have to learn how to separate those things Mm, i love that no i i Actually, about the photography thing, I, I think that's actually super relevant, especially because, you know, everyone has an iPhone. So everyone thinks they're a photographer or a model right now. Uh, but you can't teach that, um, that eye, you know, like you said, you didn't go to school for it, but that's something you can't teach. I almost think like that's a skill set that is you either have it or you don't. Um, and then um, there's something else that was said, the authenticity. I think um, just to tie it all up. Um, the whole concept of what you guys are like, especially just people might not even see who's behind the business. I love that you guys were able to just talk about like all these different topics. Like I'm trying to think like we've covered a lot. So it's like, you're literally 
speaking what your what your brand embodies. So it's like now they're seeing like, oh shit, they really are about this. Oh damn, they have opinions about this. So it's like I think that just shows the authenticity because there are people, like you said, will take a slogan, put it there, and then know nothing about the situation. About it. About mm-hmm. it, you know, or create, like I said, videos about Black-owned businesses, but will have no idea, like, be talking out of their assholes. So I think it's really important, like, that um, you have, like you guys said, the why and really be able to back it up and be authentic. And I think um, that's what sets you guys apart. And I'm so grateful you guys were uh, part of this this combo was Thank great you for having us of really appreciate you having us like really for real for real i think it's dope that like you know we could speak to somebody that's all the way in canada like, <laughs> yeah this is dope <laughs> cross borders y'all can mm-hmm. fruition over here hopefully when the borders open and yeah it fills out over there but um <laughs> i know i'm so like honestly Y'all are in my prayers because state's going through it right now. I saw something that was like the states um, is the Florida of um, the world, and I literally tackled. <gasps> I tackled. No. I was like, "Oh no, they did not just do that to y'all." That's so bad. It's <laughs> only like Florida. Yeah. Florida got the highest right now. Florida and Atlanta. Uh, it's mainly the south because you know that's where you know <laughs> the most supporters be at. Damn, yeah. it's crazy. They don't want to wear masks. I know, I know. Wear your mask. Wash your hands, guys. Yo, yeah. There's so many people out here that just plainly don't wear masks. Like I went to Walmart the other day, and it's like two white women in front of me, just like literally just doing the most that we're not supposed to be doing. And wow. on top of that, it's like everybody like being mad close the kids ain't got no mass so oh. it's like damn you don't they're the it's most fucked vulnerable it's fucked up like why you kid ain't got no mass <laughs> yeah yeah see like that's crazy and i think it is like it's just ignorance but i i don't know man i don't know i just what's, please what's be really safe yeah, what's really crazy too. is um my fault. My what's really crazy is like the response that people show when you actually when they actually get pressed about not wearing a mask or staying safe and like going it's like it's, it's crazy because like bro this is real this they, is, they, they're, yeah. they're acting like this is not happening in the world the statistics are there like the, the proof is there everything is there and people still uh-huh. blame you like well i'm american so i'm gonna do what the fuck i want to do mm-hmm. that, that's really their mind state that right? privileged untouchable uh, mentality which is mm-hmm. crazy um yeah so i hope you guys are you guys are in New York right now. New York's actually doing really well, like significantly yeah. compared to like what it was, at least from what I. Yeah, yeah. There's been yeah. a couple of incidents uh, lately, uh, cops mm. getting bricks and stuff like that. Mm. Mm. Besides that oh the yeah, protests. because they they started this whole um, Blue Lives Matter protest uh, to yeah. coincide with the whole Black Lives Matter. Oh hell so, no! So yeah, <laughs> it's been hell? like yeah. massive fights. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. cops pulling. Crazy girls by their hair to the floor slamming them oh my god yeah it's been pretty um it's been a mess in new york but like multiple battles over here Mm. yeah we're fighting we're fighting corona we fighting you know the the whole police department is fuck the people fuck the police but for the people you understand you know ftp Mm -hmm. but there's a lot going on on. (laughs) yeah Yeah. The other side of America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
that's crazy. Yeah. So make sure your physical hygiene and your mental hygiene is on point, guys, because yeah. that is wild. Um, I wanted to thank you again. Um, before we go, I actually wanted you to plug uh uh, whether it's your website, uh, Instagram, whatever you guys want, where can they find you? Where can they buy your products? Um, I definitely will be tagging once I get my hoodie. I'm actually very excited, by the way. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. No. So, yeah, where can we find you guys? Christian you find on Instagram, YouTube, Christian Clothing NYC on Instagram. And we're on Twitter, Fruition NYC. And we on YouTube as well at Fruition NYC. Or we have Fruition Sport, we have Fruition Kids too. So that's you know. Yeah, Fruition Kids, Fruition Sports, all on Instagram. If you go to our main, if you go to our main website, you'll pretty much find everything. everything every new collection on the way. Yeah, it's called Ooh. Weather the Storm. What's it called? You got Weather the Storm. Ooh. Purchases yeah. stores, all this stuff going on. We just got to keep pushing. Yeah. Damn, what store, are you, what store are you guys in? Is there like an old store? Street in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're working on a new store in Brooklyn called Birdies. Okay. Right Dope. Okay. So when I come to New York, I'm definitely going to pull up. Because to be honest, I'm usually like back and forth from Toronto, New York, but you know, it's Corona. So that might take a minute. But if you guys are in New York, uh, definitely go check them out. Um, my Toronto listeners go on their website. I'm not like, I'm not just saying this. This shit's dope. Um, you'll see it when I post it. Um, but go creep them. And thank you guys again for being on here. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And you guys know where to follow me at Call Me Crazy Pod or Be For Real. If you have any questions, hit me up. And if you want me to direct you to them, I can also do that. And yeah, we'll talk once I stop recording. But I appreciate you guys again. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Of course. All right. We'll see you guys next week.